Welcome to Conscious Curiosity SD, where successful San Diego leaders share their stories of leading beyond profit and are using the influence of business to positively change the companies and communities we all work and live in. I'm your host, Jeff Blanton from Jailbreak Leadership, a unique set of processes that unlock the unlimited passion and potential of your team to create a 10x result in your business. I want to thank our collaborative community of San Diego business organizations, the Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism, Be Local, and Cause San Diego. We're all focused on impacting the community of San Diego through the work they do as business leaders. Welcome to the show. If your parents owned a business and after the obligatory being there as a kid and maybe a summer job, do you think you'd want to make your career out of that? What were your parents' expectations? What if you had siblings? How does that work out? Well, today our guest is working in the family business. A business that's been around for over 75 years and is truly a fixture in the community of San Diego. Lauren Coles, welcome to Conscious Curiosity SD. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today. The family business is Coles Fine Flooring, started by Lauren's grandfather in 1947. Coles is truly a cornerstone company in San Diego. They've received many awards and accolades, including from one of our supporting sponsors, the BBB's Torch Award for Integrity. Coles runs many community programs from being highly engaged with the Humane Society to the annual teacher appreciation giveaway. I'm very excited to explore with Lauren the inside story on this next generation of leader in life in the family business. Lauren, you ready to dive in? I'm ready. All right, here's the first question. As a kid, when did you recognize there was something unique about your family that wasn't like everyone else's? You actually were in a family business. I think think it really hit me as once we're old enough to get working permits and summer jobs. You know, my permit? Friend, or Well, I guess I didn't, but my other friends did, you know, finding fun little summer jobs outside. And my job was going to Coles Fine Flooring and ironing carpet samples. Nice. <laughs> and nice. kind of once I started actually liking that too, I was like, huh, this is a little different. Like this is very cool to where... I think the integration started to hit me once I started actually becoming involved in a working perspective. Because growing up, I mean, my dad would bring me and my brother to Saturday morning meetings right. and we'd eat the donuts. Actually babysitting. And, is what yeah, 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 exactly. And hang out. And it kind of was just normal life. But yeah, I would say once I started working in our sample department is when it. How old? I mean, when I was little, I'd do fun little like side things. My dad would give me some cash. But no, once I actually started. <laughs> Under the table. Yeah. Tax free, I hope. Yeah. Um, once I really started, it was a proper schedule. You know, set schedule, set days a week. I was in high school, played sports though still. Very much a summer job or breaks. Um, okay. Maybe a day here, there on the weekend. But no, it was very much regular. Employment you could count on. Yeah, exactly. So some good news in that. Yeah. And I even did like a quasi interview. I was a little nervous. With who? My boss who retired after 40 years. Yes, but she sat me down, asked me some questions. I was very Apparently it worked out. Like, I still worked out. Yes. <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the best childhood memory? Our Christmas parties. Uh, they are so cool. And to this day, I still host them in a very similar format to where growing up, not to sidestep too much. Coles, we've had our employees with us. They are family. They've been with us for decades. So at the time when I was growing up, it was very cool because our demographic employees was a lot younger. So everyone had kids. 
So we would have these, well, we still do, these huge Christmas parties where we have a raffle, we have a Santa Claus, all the kids would bring home a present, adults, you know, bring home gifts, we have food, dessert, I mean, the whole nine yards to where it was so fun. Like, like a regular family oh, yeah. kind of party. Oh, right? yeah. It was so fun. Get all dressed up. Everyone brings their families. So it, it was exciting to see kind of everyone come together in a very familial light. I would say that would be my favorite. Nice. I had kind of one experience. I was in college. I was dating a girl that her parents owned a restaurant uh-huh. on the western part of the state. And one time we went to go visit. Got there really late at night, and the restaurant wasn't even open. It had a bar and everything. We just went in. Yeah. Ate food, great cocktail. <laughs> yeah, opened the I go, this is cool, <laughs> right? And then the next day we went in, and uh, they go, you know, to eat. And they're like, well, what do you want? You know, you go to a restaurant, you normally have to pick something. It's yeah. Like, well, you know, whatever you want. Have a little of this, have a little of that. I go, wow, this is great. That's so cool. All the parts. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, my parents didn't have a restaurant. That's what we did. <laughs> I know. A restaurant would be fun. So what were your parents saying to you, like when you were growing up? Was there some expectations about the, uh, you know, generational, this was another second gen, you would be, this, I guess, a third generation, right? Was there thoughts about that or what was happening back in the early days? Not really. And I'm really grateful for it. I mean, my mom was always a proponent, which I so appreciate of you're going to college. We're going to do all the test prep. You're going to play sports, take the AP tests, go to college. And then if you want to go into the business, that's your decision to where I so respect and appreciate the fact that you know, she kept me on a traditional path to where um, I had options. And my dad being in the business, it was always a, you know, as we were younger, if you want to. But what I truly appreciate is there was never a time where I felt like I had to. To where that allowed me to go to college, I started as a psychology major. When I was little, I wanted to be a vet. And I, my dad kind of let me, you know, figure it out. And I remember one day, realized the psychology thing was not for me. A lot of school kind of stuck in an, one, you know, avenue um, to listen, where... Listen to people's problems. <laughs> yeah, which I am, I'm a big proponent of therapy, but yes. So... Well, but what side of the couch? Is the I like being on the visiting, visiting under right, the couch, right. yes. So I called him and I said, okay, I'm in. And then I realized going back to the first question is, I loved working in the sample department, as oddly as that sounds. One of those smells of carpet samples, like heating up the labels in the summertime is one of my favorite memories. Working at the front desk was, it was fun. toxic, but that don't yeah, but that. that's fine, but that's okay. <laughs> but and working at the front was so fun. And then I was so excited to go on the sales floor that it like like a light went off. And then once I told him that, he's like, okay, like now that you've made that commitment, and then the framework kind of changed. Mm. But he never wanted me or my brother to have resentment of feeling like we had to go into it right. if there was a passion that we had otherwise. I, I highly respect that. So you said sports. What, what, did, you, what did you play? Ah, I played lacrosse. Lacrosse? Yeah, all the way through college. Wow. I loved it. Tough. I had a bunch of bruises. There you go. Yeah. So what was, what was the takeaway out of that? I was a sports guy when I was a kid uh-huh. as well. I think, uh, in fact, I moved around as a kid, and so sports was a great entry for me into yes. new schools because you immediately became part of a team or whatever. Right. So It's like a built-in book of friends. Yeah. So what, what was the highlight of sports for you? What, you know, today you go, man, you know, I'm, I'm glad to play sports because what I got out of that was... Aside from, I think anyone that plays sports, running that adrenaline high of scoring goals or running, but it's funny, this sounds is going to sound so cliche, but the leadership, like having the team aspect of having that integration of people that you rely on when everyone, you know, wants to barf after they've been sprinting too much or mm-hmm. riding the wave of a good win or the opposite on a loss to where I think that really brings you together. And I was captain, junior, senior of high school, and then senior of college to where I think it was incredibly integral for leadership skills that I learned as an adult 
because it was, you know, really bringing the team together. People would asking you advice, underclassmen. And I was, I took a lot of pride in that. And I just loved the team aspect. Probably even more so in college, right? As yeah. People getting a little yeah. older and uh-huh. looking at you for, uh-huh. for advice, right? Yes. Also, I just loved it. So it's kind of funny. Uh, kind of my story was that when I graduated from college, I really thought work was going to be this amazing thing. You know, I had all these really <laughs> lousy summer jobs, unloading trucks and whatnot. I've kind of said this in other podcasts. And, and then I thought, well, now I got my degree. This is going to yeah. be amazing, right? And, and my what I thought was going to be was like sports. Uh-huh. I thought, oh, we're going to be this team. We're going to climb the hill. We're going <laughs> to win some and lose them. Come by, yeah, we're all supportive of each other. And, you know, and then a day it's more of a bunch of individuals kind of grinding up the hill like kind of a marathon, unfortunately, what's kind of what work looks like. I Until say, I discovered there is a place where teams come together and it can be amazing. Yeah, I and I think it's interesting you say that because I think, and I don't, Hope no one takes this offensively, but I think the traditional university mentality is it is this rooting for you to get the degree and take the corporate job or whatnot to where you do. You kind of have this ideology getting out that it's like, yes, now I'm part of this whole working environment and it's going to be great, which again, it can be, but I do think it's in a more rare format, which I think differentiates smaller companies versus corporations versus. Well, I discovered it in teams. Yeah. You know, it was like in my 30s when I was leading a project team and, you know, the stars aligned and this amazing team came together, what I would call a high-performing team. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff that I thought it was going to be now showed up because of the team environment and just right. the things that kind of came together. So and then for you me, mesh. yeah, I like to say, I mean, if you, I bump into these people, you know, 20 years later, it's kind of like you won the Super Bowl together or something, yeah. right? Like, yes. oh, yeah, I remember, the, yeah, we did something. I love So just that. like, you know, you lacrosse, you know, teammates, you know, you mm-hmm. guys had an experience together. Nope, so nailed it on the head, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's what we try to do with people. Say, <laughs> build better teams and you'll have some amazing results. Exactly. Well, let's talk about school. USD, correct? Yes. What yes. was that experience like? How did it tee you up? What was the good news, bad news? What you got out? Did it give you what you needed? So talk, yeah. about, the, talk about that experience. Um, so I have a degree in economics, which I think I just liked it. Econ's one of those things where I feel like you either love it or hate it. <laughs> but I do think it very much gave me a great education and a broad scope to a business mindset and definitely gave me tools coming into Kohl's that I wouldn't otherwise had. My favorite part though, back to sports, was my team. I think I learned so much because that was kind of my participation on campus. You know, everyone has a club or XYZ to wear. And what was cool too is the way that they ran the lacrosse team. We were a competitive club. So we would still travel, play UCLA, Berkeley, all the big schools. Actually, pretty good. Uh Yeah. But they had it set up to where it was true leadership where it was like running a business. So you had leadership rules to where senior year, I was captain, but also like a president to where you truly have to check in with financial advisors, check your budget versus dues versus uniforms, tournament costs. Oh, okay. So you were running it all over business. Yeah, which is very cool. So they have it set up so all the teams have a true president, vice president, secretary to where it was a very cool learning experience. And I think that was incredibly influential too. And it's just a great, it's, it was fun. I will say I lived in Mission Beach, like most USD kids did. There you go. Spoiled, <laughs> living at the beach in San Diego, going to class. Life can be a whole lot worse. <laughs> Life can be worse, yes. You get out, did you go straight into the business or did you uh, go explore a few things uh, post-college, try some other experiences or how did that all work? I got to say that's one thing I wish I did. I wish I had done like the 30-day hiatus and like backpacked through Europe. That would have been very cool. I did like a summer abroad program, but 
looking back on it, because again, you know, you graduate and you're like, yeah, I'm going to start my job. And then you realize, oh, like summer break's not a thing anymore yeah, or right, winter break right, right. or you, now you just- That work. is a rude awakening, isn't it's it? It's a very rude awakening. Yes. So in hindsight, I do wish I had done like a big Euro trip, but that's okay. So I did. I went to work right away, but I also was driven to, you know, not live at home. I wanted to get my own bills. I'm very self, what's the word? Self-sufficient. Sufficient, yes. Yeah. I started on the sales floor. And the other thing to note too that I thoroughly respect is there's no like treatment of you graduated with this degree, you're going to come in as management. Like any family member works from the bottom up. So I had under my belt, you know, sampling, product knowledge, receptionist. I started just like everyone else, day one, commission only on the sales floor. It was great. Yeah, it was fun. And what are you doing now? Now I'm a sales manager. I still dabble on the floor a bit because it's fun. And it keeps you on, your keeps your pulse it. on it. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Or I think if you completely remove yourself from that, it's, it puts you at a disadvantage. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's good thought right there. So talk about working in the business. Now your brother, is this correct? Is in the yes. business? Yes. He's four and a half years younger than me. Okay. So he's on the sales floor now too. He's working for you? Yeah. How's that going? Um, you know, has its good <laughs> days and it's not so good days. So let's talk about that dynamic. So obviously there's a dynamic of you and I guess your dad, right? Mm-hmm. And then I've, now you got your brother working for you. Yeah. And so how, how does that all play out? I mean, it's great. Because I think this is an interesting part you, of the whole oh, thing. Oh, it is. Right? People We're talking about having a reality it. TV show. Oh, we should. <laughs> which some people have re- yeah. exactly for this reason. Like keeping up with the Coles. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's really great. My brother and I are very close. And what's great about the dynamic is I'm the social butterfly. Like, I'm very much the one that can go chit-chat with a stranger and make friends. And my brother's a little bit more quiet, but he is incredibly analytical. So he is superb at, like, reading the Excel sheets and, you know, bunkering down on numbers where that's not my strong suit. And that's okay, where everyone has their own strengths. It's the yin and and the yang. Exactly. We've definitely found our flow with it now. But it is an interesting, you know, your older sister is your boss. How are you handling this? You're asking your sister for your days off for vacation. So, and then it's also learning through this with my dad too. And I'm sure other people can relate with family businesses or a spouse is it's navigating that fine line of, are you my boss or are you my dad or are you my brother right now? Well, yeah. Which discussion are we in? Exactly. And trying not to Do you to like have wear different hats? <laughs> I try to. <laughs> but I right now we're in tried. this conversation. A hundred percent. And I think learning communication and being like, okay, literally as cheesy as it sounds like, no, you're wearing brother hat right now and I'm wearing sister hat or like we're yeah. both wearing work hats just to kind of keep it on a. So do you call that out? I mean, you actually. Oh, I will. Yeah. Yes. Like I said, back to therapy. I'm a big proponent of, I have a great therapist who's just taught me because I think it's a great tool to have. I mean, I'm, I think I'm pretty normal, but you know, in terms of. <laughs> we'll check on that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll ask a few friends. You might have a different, <laughs> yes, by the end of this. But we'll get no. your brother in here and see what he's got to <laughs> yeah. say about things. But the main tool that takeaway from it is learning to communicate with coworkers, friendships, whether it's my husband, my family, to where it has provided me great tools to be able to communicate effectively and learning how to be direct, but also not overly direct. So you say you got that from therapy? Oh, yeah. I'll just go in and ask her like, hey, how do you recommend, especially because a lot of the people I manage are double my age. To right. where that's also an interesting. I was going to ask tackle. you about the generation, generational issues. How yeah. That- Point blank sat down is just like, look, I'm going to need some help. You know, how do I build my own rapport and trust and whatnot? And how do I tackle conversations that are a bit more difficult? And 
No, it's set me up for success. It's really great. I love it. Yeah. Well, I think you're really putting something really important out here, though. It's the idea of just being really clear about the communication. Uh I mean, I think too often we just make assumptions. Yeah. And everyone does it. And that's why we run into lots of trouble. Uh Uh-huh. Then you do something, people, you know, you did something, you don't even know you did it. Now they're carrying some burden with yes, you know, whatever. Yes, 100%. And it's I, a snowball. I remember that from uh, back to teams and the idea of being in the front of the room facilitating something, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're a facilitator, you're a facilitator, right? You're just organizing and running and right. coordinating. And sometimes you go, all right, I'm weighing in. And yeah. good instruction is like, okay, <laughs> taking the facilitator's <laughs> hat off. I got an opinion about this. Exactly. Thing, right? So that's what's going on here. Obviously, that's great. That's great advice to anybody. Yeah. Talk about the generational things. I mean, what what's that look like for you? Because uh-huh. right now in companies, we got all kinds of generations and older generations always don't think highly of the younger generations. Yeah, <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. I think that's some sort of natural whatever thing, but um, no. what, what are you experiencing? Yeah, well, I think it's funny. Isn't that a joke too, that like the third generation is the one who usually like takes the companies? Well, actually success rate in the second generation isn't too high either. So, no, so. but by, by third. <laughs> People love to joke about that. So no, I do too, because it's funny. No, like I said, my dad is, you'll probably not like me sharing this. He's going to be what, 69, I think. So yeah, it's definitely so I'm, I'm becoming. I'm your dad's age. I mean, okay, I'm, I'm great. 67. Yeah, so. I think it's still young, but he's definitely at the point where he wants to, to say, be where I want to be and have a drink with an umbrella in it somewhere tropical. So there definitely has been more of a emphasis on kind of the transition of where we're going to go generationally. And like I said, I've made it pretty clear since that light bulb went off that I'm here. I love our company. You raise your hand. Yes. I'm in. I love our industry. I love the people we work with, our team. And my brother's kind of on on par with that as well to where, again, we're no slouches either. I mean, I show up at 730 in the morning of the office. And I think... My dad recognizes too. He wouldn't pass it on if, you know, we were the kids that are taking it over cha-cha-chaing in the background and not showing up and didn't have respect. So, yeah. So you have a defined plan that you're working to to make this thing happen? Or you got some outside help kind of in this facilitating these conversations? Yeah. We also have great, our upper management has been with us again for 20 plus years as well. It's such a tight knit group that it's nice as well that we've all known each other for so long that there it will be an easier transition than I think than others. So what would you tell your 14-year-old self at this point? Like given kind of where you're at today, how would you That's a great question. It's funny, I always dabbled to go back, which I do not regret going to USD at all. I loved my experience and there's so many things you don't learn, but I do always think in hindsight like what if I had like skipped that and like gone straight to work just to kind of build more experience and get to know my team that much earlier. Mm. Um, And maybe look at a more of, hey, 14 year old self, knowing that you want to do this, like maybe have taken, but again, see 14 year olds. It's kind of hard to know what you really want to do. Yeah, exactly. uh, And I was very grateful. I had the opportunity to go to summer camp. I worked on a horse ranch, like did fun stuff to where I wasn't just bunkered down all the way. So I wouldn't necessarily want to say either like, no, just get to work because this is your career. Because it right. was a good time with the flexibility that I was grateful to have the, you know, go to the beach, but also be able right. to work on these days. I don't know. That's a tough question. We'll have to go work on that one. Go talk to your therapist. About yeah, that. I got to talk to my therapist about that. <laughs> also, though, I think everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I mean, actually, I think it'd be kind of cool kind of as a general idea that 
when he got out of high school, there was some sort of one, two, I don't know, person in the military. So I don't know. But, nice. But actually have a, a moment to kind of maybe go mature and see some things. Yes. And, and, and get your way from home. So yeah. again, maybe like the, something like the military or the Peace Corps or whatever. Uh-huh. Because I mean, if you ever look at anybody, if you've ever been in a class where there's a bunch of college kids and you got someone that's a little older, mm-hmm. they're there because I want to be A hundred percent. I don't know that I want to do this versus, uh, I'm kind of checking it out. Yes. <laughs> you know, I had to go to school. I had to pick something. Oh, and you know what? <laughs> and here I am. A hundred percent. I'm glad you said that because that's the thing. is like you graduate high school and you go to college, like you're supposed to know exactly what you want to do. And oh in reality, goodness, you're an 18 year old kid and you're kind of like, I don't know. I'm signing up because the counselor told me to. <laughs> it's kind of Well, this. in my family, it was kind of clear that, you know, we're going to college, right? Yeah. That, that my parents had that. Oh no! Yes, they, they definitely like, were very clear. We went to college. Yes, I ended up getting an engineering degree. Oh wow! Oh, it was like the first four years of You're, my life. So your brain works like that. It's the first four years of my life. No, it doesn't. That's work the like first that. four years of <laughs> my life. It doesn't work like that. Back to the the point, right? And then you come out, and then guess what? Now you're an engineer. Yes. Yes. So fortunately, <laughs> they have a thing called management. Yeah. So I was able to kind of evolve my way into some different roles. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I I reflect on that. Yeah. What if I went to business school? What if I went to something else? I mean, the whole thing could have looked entirely Isn't different. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Could've so yeah, been. having that little gap, I just think maybe it would be a wonderful thing in our whole education process. I agree with that. Who do we talk to about that? I don't know, but I like it. We right. go backwards and do our gap year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they call that retirement for me now. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I got a long my ways gap, to my go. gap retirement. <laughs> yeah, a sabbatical. So let's talk about Kohl's a little bit. Yes. Uh, you guys do lots of stuff in the community. We the do. Sizable organization. Mm-hmm. Give, give us a little lay of land. What, what's it all look like? Again, we're a local family, born and raised in San Diego. Me, my parents, I take pride in being from San Diego and having a family-run company. So we love to give back in ways that we can, but also try to find things that are genuine. You can throw things at a wall and see if they stick and, you know, have this menagerie of things. But we really try to put the majority efforts in the things that are really tried and true to us, which is why this Humane Society is huge. Like I, if ask anyone that I know, I love dogs more than anything. No, my, I think my uncle did. My family just loves dogs. Mm. Like we love dogs. I'm a dog fan. Yes. Like in all animals. That's my coworker. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. I bring my dog to work every day. So my uncle started the Humane Society. I mean, we've over the years, again, I was younger when he was, you know, live in an action. But since I've been there, I mean, it's really cool. We've held um, adoption events at Kohl's and it's really cute. One time we did like a, they walk on the carpet, pet, you know, stain resistant carpet. Um, you know, <laughs> put, we, it, put it in the work. Yes. We donate a ton of, you know, carpet to and different, you know, flooring types so that the dogs that need to be adopted can have little places to sit. We definitely, I mean, we do co-op advertising with them. We try to help in any way that we feasibly can to give back to them. Once a month I film, it's really cool. We highlight like an animal, whether it's yes, a dog or a cat, or we've done guinea pigs that hasn't maybe been adopted, which is sad. So they need a little bit extra PR to kind of get them noticed. They need Lauren's sales touch. Yeah, which I love. (laughs) So we highlight them and then I call back to see, you know, have they been adopted? Um, If not, then you adopt them. How's that that work? man. But yeah, so we do that. And then the the rug giveaway is a big one for us. Yeah, I, I saw the video on that, or I think uh, Key was, I was doing a, a, bl- a piece on you guys. Yeah. And, wow, that looked up. People were in line at 2.30 in the morning in the thing I saw. Yeah, so it's funny. This year was a little slower, I think, because of like post-COVID. We had to take a break with COVID. But before COVID, oh, I couldn't believe it. Like the first year I showed up thinking like, oh, we're going to get there at like 
six to you know get coffee and snacks ready and kind of just be people ready. There. I asked the first person in line. The when we have a big building, there were people wrapped around the building down the alley. I asked the, what time the first person got there, and they got there at midnight. Yes, we had like we ran out of rugs, and this was only at our one location too. We also did our other. We had over like eight hundred people in line. It was crazy, but it was also so cool. And these are all teachers. Oh, to, yeah. They have to actually show up. Yeah, with, yeah. So uh, they have to, like, bring their badge and everything. But it was really cool because I just kind of spent the morning. Of course, I'm supposed to be helping, and I'm just sitting there talking to everyone. But it was really cool because, you know, you talk to all these teachers, and they're telling you their story, especially because so many public school teachers, well, all of them. I mean, it's not like they have a budget right. to help with their classroom. So they're so eternally grateful, like listening, you know, you know, this is my specialty thing I do in my classroom with reading time and this rug will be perfect. So then they can be cozy. And then they even sent, we got so many letters afterwards of like photos of the kids, like on the rugs, like they would, oh my God, it was so cute. They'd even write like little cards and like drawings and say, thank you so much. That's kind of right now, two of our main things. We've also done the princess project for years in the past where Basically, it's a great foundation that collects prom dresses for maybe girls that can't quite afford, you know, the dress of their dreams. So they collect all these dresses and we floored kind of their warehouse and mm. then help with the drop off locations. So we just try to p- pick things that are, you know, tried and true to our yeah. our heart. Well, I think there's a message in that. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people are trying to figure out what, what, what how do I give back? Yeah. What's my social good? And too often, I think people think too hard about it. They, they get kind of caught up in maybe more of like, oh, let's do something on homelessness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where in reality, what is it you do? Right? Well, yeah. we have a carpeting. Well, that's the thing too. Is that's the perfect. <laughs> why, don't, why don't we do this? What yeah. can we do with this that would be helpful? Right. Like how can we use right. our resources? To right. Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of what I meant in the beginning by like throwing things at a wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. Because, you know, quite honestly, great. You go off and spend a weekend doing something and, uh, you know, clean up project or a yeah. homeless thing or whatever. And it's a, it can be very expensive because it's outside of what you kind of do mm-hmm. versus doing something that's kind of within your, yeah, you know, right. You right. Know. Exactly. You know, we had like Algar construction in here and they build affordable housing and that. And, oh, that's cool. And so they have a whole foundation they created because they started to recognize, well, when people move in, they don't have anything. Uh-huh. So how can we help the move, you know, be easier for and get people set up? And yeah. It's, so just kind of looking at where, where you're at, what you're doing, mm-hmm. what resources you've got mm-hmm. and then maximize that. Yeah. It goes a lot farther. You know, my, my wife runs a nonprofit and, and we, you know, she just, it's a community development thing. So the okay. businesses are engaged in what she's doing. You know, it's kind of funny. Like I'm involved with the cause conference and all this. Like, okay, how do you want to get business involved? Yeah. There's all these social whatever. And I go, when I look at my wife, it's always they give what they have. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's what that's and that's what they should be. Giving. You got to tap into what you have to offer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I so, love that. So let's talk a little bit about the, the business and the culture mm-hmm. and how do you know you trying to obviously create a bit of a family environment. You talked about the the Christmas party and the, those kinds of things. I mean, on a day-to-day basis, how do you guys nurture the culture there? And what, what, what are you trying to create? What's it feel like? And obviously for the employees as well as a customer walking through the right. door. On the employee end, I can't make this up. Like our group is so close. Like we chat every morning together. We all celebrate each other's birthdays. I mean, we do, and once a month too, we celebrate birthdays as a company with cake, dessert, or whatever your favorite dessert is. There a cheerleader is. within the company? Oh yeah, we have a party plan. Yes, okay. right, you, yes. you got that person. We do have, have one person. of those. Yes, a hundred percent. But I mean, we are all close. Like we are there band together. You know, if someone's going through a low point, I mean, everyone will group together and say, you know, let's chip in to maybe help, you know, with this person, right. why they need help at home or if on a positive, like we'll all get together. 
we even do this fun thing like once every month where we'll just have like potluck lunch on like a Saturday for our sales team. And we all kind of bring in something, coordinate. And we just, I guess the point where I'm saying is we enjoy spending time with each other. Mm -hmm. So on that level, we are just so tight knit. Coles has always done a very good job at taking care of employees. I mean, back to a, you know, business mindset of, you know, offering 401ks, full benefits. We're very supportive of our general manager who's been with us forever as a 14-year-old daughter. Like if she says, hey, my kid's graduating, I need to go watch her. It's like, of course course. you do. Like you got to go. We're very much understanding and don't want to have such a rigid framework to where people can't have a healthy balance, which I've greatly respect and I try to nourish that as much as possible and again we have fun little things we have the Christmas party we used to in the 80s this is so cool I wish we could bring this back apparently there was a Coles like softball league why can't you I know I guess I could right <laughs> gotta figure that one out and as for get cuts, dad out of the yeah, way first yeah, thing, what's yeah. the first thing we're gonna do well softball you know, league. Yeah, softball league exactly pickleball I guess these days <laughs> yeah, that's a cool ball. thing customers as for customers Again, 75 years in San Diego, we have customers on a regular basis that come in saying like, I remember dealing with your dad or your grandpa or, you know, your aunt. Like we've been coming back. We only get flooring from I remember coming in and sniffing the samples. Oh, yes. (laughs) I still do that. But we really take pride in our customer service and how we treat clients, which is, I think, why they, I mean, everyone can sell the same carpet. There's only so many flooring manufacturers. But how we differentiate ourselves is how we treat our clients. And people will say all the time is we had the best experience. It's welcoming. They're honest. It just fits the entire, I think they just feel comfortable. They want to come back. So we try to treat everyone like our Coles family. Don't know the timing here, right? Uh Because we didn't talk about timing. But say the day comes, dad's uh, off drinking his drink with the umbrella umbrella. in it. What's, what's your vision? I mean, where do you see things going? Interesting question, because I think about this all the time. Where flooring, reta- flooring retailers are such an, actually most of the world is in such an interesting position right now with Amazon, with all this e-commerce, with, you know, there's not as much need to go into a classic brick and mortar store. Like look at Toys R Us closing and all these right. other places to where you can just buy it online. It's kind of adapting to, I think, this newer mentality where we are such a traditional. I mean, you come into our store and it's this beautiful. Our main one's like a 35,000 foot store that has every carpet sample and hardwood sample that you could imagine and truly that design team. So I think that's something where in the future, you know, we expand our website to have online catalogs to be able to look through to try to blend towards that e-commerce mentality. I personally believe you can't replace a person though and that relationship that you build in a buying process like even now I'm looking for a new bed and you know I'll admit it I go on Wayfair in those places but then I don't get the opportunity to talk to someone about the fabric or talk to somebody about the quality or their experience with the product like or lay on it yes like (laughs) I enjoy going into a store and having that relationship established to make a purchase. So I think there's a happy medium for both. It's just kind of how we're going to integrate without falling behind. The hybrid model. The hybrid model. Exactly. It's a big investment for people. Most definitely. I always find it interesting. When I see a house that's painted a really bad color, Mm -hmm. I always assume they had a little swatch. (laughs) Oh, I like blue. Yes. Like the little, the little two by two. Yeah. 
but in the whole house is that color. Yeah. Hey. Ooh. So kind of the same thing, you know. I mean, you start buying like big pieces of furniture and carpeting mm-hmm. and things like this. It's like not really having a chance to kind of really see it and experience it, and just like oh, I saw it on my computer. Yes. I don't know. It's like I, like my wife buys shoes online. Like, how, how do you do that? <laughs> like, don't you have to put them on and give them a try? Because you know sizes seem to vary or whatever. One hundred percent. So I think there is there's some space for that. But yeah, that's a that's a good idea. Yeah. So that's I think the main focus. Do you see staying in uh, in this space, or do you see other opportunities that? Uh, in terms of like San Diego. Yeah, San Diego or. San Diego's good. That's good. <laughs> what I would say though is. Again, going back to stores, I mean, at one point we had, again, I could be wrong on this, eight or nine locations. Now, we have like two flagship stores that are big that include a warehouse, and then those were, you know, much smaller boutique experiences. And then COVID, we kind of reworked some things Mm. to where now we're at three, which is totally fine. But it's also, that's where, if you look at expansion, is what type of expansion, like, do we necessarily need to invest in that many more showroom spaces right. or do we That's, expand? Is that, does that drive business, right? Is that, right. Is yeah. that the catalyst that is yeah. driving new business or is there other, other avenues that we can look at that don't necessarily need a retail space everywhere? There's the idea to a lot of people get into it of, you know, the in-home shopping with a van where you have, I mean, it's not a new idea. Everyone kind of does it, but really capitalizing on in-home shopping and having that, experience where someone's coming into your home and showing you things right which i mean in the world of click click i'm gonna see watch the video that might be a little bit more conducive expansion yes i just don't know in what format yet okay what about products because i weren't you exploring or didn't you get involved in doing uh kitchens (laughs) yeah so that is no more okay (laughs) that came and went (laughs) that's okay we tried it and covid hit and Mm, timing wasn't the perfect uh yeah and we kind of just took a step back i'm personally the type that's never afraid to be like that didn't work right doesn't mean you're a failure it just means you tried something and it didn't work and we're really good at flooring we decided your, your to, unique ability. That's, yeah, that's the focus. Yeah. So we decided to stick to what we're good with. I mean, kitchen. If you think about it, and bath. There's so many variables from plumbing to electrical to the custom work to how you handle the labor to where it's, and that's okay. Like we gave it a go. Sometimes you gotta try. Exactly. Bait in the water, see what happens. Yes. So we're here at the BBB doing this podcast. I know you through the BBB. Thoughts, comments. Uh, give the BBB a plug. Ah. <laughs> uh. No, I absolutely love the BBB. As a younger child, you know, when my dad started bringing me around things, um, he's like, you're going to the BBB breakfast. Like, ah. you know, we know we're going to all these different things. And I was kind of like, you know, in the beginning, like, okay, I'm going to breakfast. Whatever that is. Yeah, yeah that's food. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. But then as I started meeting people, I started to recognize the importance of, again, the strength And just the community feel that the BBB offers is I think they establish, which is great because everyone is so like-minded in the sense of holding standards in terms of morals, in terms of teamwork, in terms of leadership and holding your business accountable and differentiating yourself in the market. Because as we know, I mean, look at Torch Awards for Ethics. I mean, there's so many companies out there that just, it's, it's really sad that they'll even operate like that. And I'm proud to be, so far above that and integrated with a group of individuals who support each other to do better and hold that regard in the community. 
And I love how everyone, I mean, rallies together. Like it is a hundred percent true that I remember when we had, which last big, we have a lot of parties at Coles. I think it was our 75th, three quarters of the BBB. Everyone came down, like everyone did. And it was so cool. Like just the, the community. And it's so great to be a part of that. And it's, it's something to take pride in. It so, really is. So my wife runs, I mentioned a nonprofit in PB and she was doing a fundraiser and Sam who runs the, uh, uh Ignite group uh-huh. here, right? She was my wife's party planner. Yeah. And, uh, man, we threw this heck of a party at the women's, uh, club in mission beach. And I get to the, I go to the party and of course yeah. I knew Sam would be there. Right. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden like, here's all these other Shelly and Michael, all these other people for the BBB. Some I of the board members. That. I'm like going, wow, that's, so that was cool. so impressive. Yeah, right? it's special. That's who they are. Yeah. That's who they are here at the BBB. It is. And it's a great group to be a part of. And I hope everyone strives to meet the caliber that the BBB sets. Cause it's, it's good for your own growth too, I think. Yes, yes. So what's the question I should have asked you? The whole idea here is we wanted to explore a little bit this idea of uh, growing up in a family where there's a business and uh, here you are part of that now and moving into the leadership roles and maybe someday here in the near future, yeah. uh, running the whole show. What, what's what's the message you'd want to give to some folks that maybe uh, are in your shoes, uh, but uh, you know, 10 years behind you or five years behind you? Yeah, I would say... And again, this is me speaking from the heart is maintain your morals and your ethics and your character and build that with your teammates. I am proud to work with my coworkers every single day. I love them. I respect them. It is the greatest team to work with. It's funny because I don't want to get too distracted, but you know, so many people work remote now and you get to go home and make your own schedule and kind of just check the boxes to where... I thoroughly enjoy going to work every day. The kind of advice would be create that culture and always be challenging yourself to be better because that will pay off. And I think all of that good energy definitely attracts more to where you can only have a positive outcome with that. Again, I'm just big on team building, integrity, and having a great working place. It's wonderful. And then that passes on to your clients and your service right. and how you conduct. Right yeah, through. exactly. Right, right, right. Happy, happy employees means happy yes. customers, right? Exactly. Well, Lauren, that's kind of it. Cool. No, this was fun. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate you coming in and spend a little time and sharing your story with us a little bit. It's, I uh, it's a great story. Me. Love what you're doing. Love what Coles is doing. And again, a cornerstone here in our community of San Diego. Yeah. So uh, thank you for all that and keep up the great work. Cool. Thank you so much. Well, that's our show for the day. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe, comment, and most importantly, share the podcast with a friend. Again, special thanks to our collaborative community of San Diego business organizations, the Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism, be local and cause San Diego who are all using the influence of business to positively impact our very own community of San Diego. I'm Jeff Blanton from jailbreak leadership saying until next time, go do what you do. Go do what you do best for we're all counting on you.